Have you ever done something crazy? Something you had second thoughts about even while you were in the process of doing it? You talked about it out loud to make it real, but something inside of you still said, you must be joking. That's how I felt the night I stopped taking birth control and prayed the same prayer Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if you would, please take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. In my new book, Walking on Water, a 21-day devotion on faith, I share my journey through an unplanned pregnancy and how the lessons I learned over the course of nine months will help both you and I to do bold and scary things. You can get your copy of this new book today by going to blackgirlswithpurpose.org forward slash shop forward slash faith. And as a reward for being a part of our Black Girls of Purpose community, you can get your book shipped for free. All you have to do is enter coupon code BGWP. Welcome back to part two of my episode interview with Allison Nicholas of Reset Ministries, Inc. We are jumping back into the conversation and we're going to pick up talking about identity, which we've been talking about the past few weeks on the podcast. I'm really excited to share this part of the interview because in the first part, Allie focused a lot on Reset and she did share a lot of her story, but in this part of the interview is our up close and purposeful segment. So she'll be speaking specifically about what it means to be a black girl with purpose, the responsibility that's attached to that, some of the misconceptions and different things that we have to combat. So I'm really excited to get into this segment of the interview. And I want to make sure before I get into this interview that you are following us on Instagram at Black Girls with Purpose. We actually shared out a lot of the little nuggets of wisdom that Allie shared with us. So you can repost those on your Instagram feed and send people to our page so that they can listen to the episode too. But that is it, y'all. Let's just jump into part two. Going back to the identity piece, what do you feel are some false identities that you've had to put on over the years, whether it be because you felt like people wouldn't accept you or whether it was the enemy coming in and, and, and saying, well, you can't show that full part of yourself or things you feel like you've shown to people previously and you were like, well, they didn't accept it well that time, so I don't know if I can do that now. I would say BC days and probably like when as I transition and more accept them, I call it ministry. Becoming a chameleon in my mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. And then so it's, it's like, so if I, I like these people, but I don't know if they really like me. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of like the stuff they're liking mm-hmm. so they could get to know me. And then once they think they like me, then I could kind of show mm-hmm. them who I am like I won't outright say that I love musicals and Disney mm-hmm. uh, so I'll listen to whatever this music is you're mm-hmm. playing and act like I like it uh, I feel like I struggle with that more in like high school mm-hmm. in like early college years mm-hmm. but as I began to like know who I was at Christ mm-hmm. it some stuff fell off mm-hmm. some it took some stuff took a harder time to mm-hmm. fall off than others and stuff is still falling but I think the false ideas would be like just trying to be who other people were. Yeah. Um, even if I didn't know if that's who they really were, yeah. but trying to be who other people were so they could like me, but then it really wasn't me, I yeah. feel like, with some people. 
in knowing you because as i said before we've known each other since 2014 It's also really great to see how you're, I mean, not to just be all corny with the butterfly analogy, but just, I, I feel like now that you are releasing these old habits and old tendencies, it's freeing your hands up to do more of what God's called you to yeah. do. So I, that's why I feel like you're flourishing. Like yeah. That's why I feel like you're able to come out of the cocoon and start Amen. flying and stuff because all the things that were holding you down previously aren't on you anymore. And I yeah. think that's a ever evolving thing. Would you agree? Oh yeah. Cause I, uh, and we talked about this. I struggle with inadequacy and not feeling good enough and not feel like I deserve a seat at the tables that I get to sit at mm -hmm. and feeling like I have to say yes to things and feeling like my opinion wouldn't matter because I'm just this girl, you know, when I when it should matter and I like it should be heard. But I feel like I put myself in this box because I put other people higher than me, either if it's because of degree or because of uh, how they were brought up or just their background and comparing it, like just a serious bad comparison trap. Um, but just kind of like releasing that and realizing, no, like the Lord has given you a voice. The Lord has granted you boldness. Like, you're not saying things because it's incorrect. You're sharing your opinion. Mm -hmm. And then even learning from that, I've, I learned like through the years, like me being quiet is not helping me because one, I'm not sharing my true thoughts. And then I'm the one feeling this type of way because somebody said what I was thinking and they getting the credit. I'm like, dang, if I would just open my mouth, like they could have heard my ideas as well. Um, but then also knowing like if I say something that's ridiculous, like, it's, it's still a learning opportunity. Like when we brainstorm for reset, I like I don't hold back because I'll tell them I'm like, look, I'll think of it like, oh, I don't like it, but you know what? I'm gonna say it because it may birth something in y'all, and like that's how a lot of this stuff happens to reset. Because I, I say some ridiculous stuff, but sometimes out of that it comes an idea and it becomes something. It should be so. I always encourage people. Like I I was taught younger that. The dumbest question is a question that is not asked. Mm -hmm. And I was told that in sixth grade uh, because I was, at the time, failing math, was possibly about to get kept back just because I was at a new school, I was being bullied, and I was scared to speak because everybody was already talking about me. So why say anything and give them more mm -hmm. ammunition mm -hmm. to talk about me even more? So I wouldn't say anything, but uh, I never, it was my uh, sixth grade math teacher, Mr. Hawkins. It was at a parent-teacher conference, and he looked me dead in my face and said, Allison, if you do not ask a question, you will never get an answer. The dumbest question is the question that is not asked. Mm -hmm. He was like, if you want to pass in, like, in anything, you need to ask questions. And from that point on, mm -hmm. I always ask questions. Like, now people look at me crazy when I ask questions, and people even, like, if the people think it's a dumb question, at this point, I really don't care because... You understand it, but I may not understand it. So until I understand it and comprehend it and get it, then yes, I feel like going back to like knowing that it's okay for me to speak up, knowing that it's so it's okay to know 
that my voice should be heard and it can be heard has given me like the little boost I need to kind of continue to grow. Yeah. Into who you've already predestined, you were already predestined to be. I think that's, yeah. I think that's what we have to keep reminding ourselves and Allie and I were talking about this earlier too. Everything that you have an idea to do is something that God put in you. Yeah. And I think if we understand, as I said earlier, the vision is not, from me it's for me then the pressure is off it's says, lord I, this is your idea this is your baby this is your ministry this is your book and not to say we don't have any sense of responsibility but we're freed up to work to our capacity and then say god i don't have anything else you take it from here amen you know and, and i think that's where we really experience victory over fear because Fear is a lack of faith, and, and faith is trusting in God and saying, God, this is what you said, so I know that you're going to come through with it. Amen. All right, Holy Spirit. All right. So uh, on the podcast, we do, uh, it's called our Up Close and Purposeful segment. And I'm really excited because I think I shared this with y'all last month. I'm not sure, but my mom came up with the title for that, and I thought it was so awesome. So these are questions that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. At first, I was calling them the quick fire questions, but then I realized they are not, they are not quick fire questions. These are like up close and purposeful questions because they're, they're, they're kind of deep. Some of them are kind of deep, but... Uh, the first one is on the podcast we're known for talking about faith friendships and featuring phenomenal women so how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ what's your faith story ooh so I was baptized when I was like 10 uh, before that I, I knew Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross for our sins and all of that but I was just scared of the water <laughs> so it took me a while to actually get baptized but I feel like I didn't really like start following Christ until I was about maybe 22. Mm. That's when I for real, for real surrendered it all. Uh, that's because I made a really poor decision again, trying to be cool with people that didn't really have the best interest for me. Um, it was in a, to be transparent, uh, I like I didn't really for real, for real smoke weed, but I did it because I was around those people and that night they were smoking weed and they passed me this this like tube like situation so to be cool i did it and i started like hallucinating i started like tripping freaking out it was just all bad and i i felt like no one was there for me i like remember it was like i was like in a movie like everything was dizzy and like real foggy I remember one girl was like trying to calm me down and sit me down and I was like, no, I need to go home. And like a few people were laughing. I was like, I really need to go. And I drove home and driving home, it was uh, where I was to get to where I live. It was like 15 minutes and I drove on the interstate. So I was like, I was driving basically intoxicated because I couldn't really see. I, like very like hysterical slapping myself singing loud to try to keep myself alert mm-hmm. and awake and it was it was one of the scariest moments I ever had in my life especially because at a red light I stepped next to a police officer oh, I my just word. girl it was just it was the worst so from that night when I got when I got home safely I was like I cannot abuse mm-hmm. God's grace anymore because crazy I was still in church like I wasn't mm-hmm. serving as fully as I was before but I was at church I was singing in a choir Mm -hmm. but I was still doing like what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and I was just like I need to stop doing this because I know God has called me to greater I know Mm -hmm. the word I know 
what he's called me to do. So mm-hmm. from that point on, I stopped abusing God's grace, and I for real for committed my life to Christ, mm-hmm. and it's just been on the road ever since. Yeah, and that's a great transition to the next question because I was gonna, I asked how does I feel like faith, the noun is what you developed at a young age when you got baptized, mm-hmm. but now you're you're you have faith the verb. Yes. So how do you feel like faith the verb plays a role in your day to day life? It grows. Mm-hmm. I feel like just as a kid, like when you're in pre-K, you know, you color and mm-hmm. you uh, do blocks mm-hmm. because that's all you could learn. And when you're in first grade, those color and the blocks is easy. So mm-hmm. now you have words. And so I feel like as you grow and graduate, faith gets harder. Because mm-hmm. faith before, when I first accepted, it was saying no to going out all the time. It was saying no to the drink so now it's easy like right now if somebody asks me to go out i'm like no i really don't that's not my thing or like if i do go out like what is it for it's a cel- all right yeah i'll go and celebrate you but i'm a, i gotta go home at this time because i have work or i have church and I, i'm transparent what i do so faith now is much different mm. than when i first surrendered my life like faith now is like you you about to are you ready to quit your job mm-hmm. to do what like mm-hmm. faith looks real different yes. in this season because is growing like yes. faith will it is i don't call it a monster yeah. but it it's a, a beast the waves get bigger yeah as your faith grows yeah. and it's like yeah like it'd probably be easier it probably look hard to walk on water when it's a nice calm lake it probably look hard because it don't make sense but when you do it if it's, if it's calm that's cool but when you see a wave mm-hmm. like it, it it's a little different yeah so i think like with faith it as you grow it grows mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's the, that's the hard part. Yeah. I think, man, what you just said, that just, yeah. I, my brain is, because I I think about my faith journey and I remember the big, my big faith move was going to University of Missouri instead of going to an HBCU. And I remember sitting on the couch and pouting at me like, God, why don't, or asking my daddy why God doesn't care what I want. I wish that was the simplest thing that he asked me to go was go to this college. Now it's like, have a baby, have another baby. I'm like, Lord, what? I just, we just had this one. We just talked about this. Like, write this book, go on this fast. Do, and you're just like, Lord, move to this place. And you, and Man, I think you're going to help so many people by saying that faith grows because sometimes we get afraid and we're asking, when we say, God, you're asking me to do some more. Okay. Because I showed you, you showed me that I can trust you to say yes. Right. So, okay, here we go. Like, buckle up because we're about to go on a journey. It's so weird because, like, we read, like, I tell my students, like, at church all the time, like, we, when we read scripture, like, we think these people are far away. Like, like the Lord had these specific people write it because they're just like us. Mm-hmm. Like they are no, they are human beings just like us. Like when we see Paul, we're like, oh Paul, oh magnificent Paul. No, Paul was a straight heathen mm-hmm. that followed the Lord and was in prison majority mm-hmm. of his life. Mm-hmm. And we look at him, we were encouraged by him, but I don't think we pay enough attention to his position mm-hmm. in his fate. Like he was in a prison, like ex- I don't say excited, but like encouraging everybody mm-hmm. and I don't I pray at some point in my life that I would have that type of faith because mm-hmm. it takes it takes a lot and but it's worth it but it's I think we're just so comfortable I know for myself I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and it's like it's like God is calling me 
maybe calling me out of my comfort, even though I know he will provide comfort because he sent the Holy Spirit, who is the comforter, mm. but just taking that step is uncomfortable. Mm. And then getting settled in, it gets better, but it's like as soon as you're settled, yeah. <laughs> all right, you're, you're not moving. It. Here we go. Yep. And it's like, can we can we yes. take a pause? Yeah. Can we? You, it, and and you, you shared that. that even with your roles in church, like one t- every time you were in one volunteer position, yeah. he's like, okay, and we're moving over here, okay. That and then sometimes sometimes the period is short and sometimes it's long, and yeah. you can just never predict how mm-hmm. he's gonna move. Never, and it's always for like his benefit. Because I look at like when I think of like when I got in like youth ministry before I had a background in theater, mm-hmm. so like all the stuff I learned from theater, and when I did an internship at Disney. Like, I applied it to, like, youth ministers and mm-hmm. youth ministry stuff. So then Reset came along. Mm-hmm. So, like, the stuff I learned from youth ministry and theater and Disney, I applied it to Reset. Now, Reset is happening. Like, it's just, like, all building upon each other. And I always think, okay, Lord, like, this season, like, what is this lesson preparing me for, like, mm-hmm. years to come? Because I think about how everything in the past prepared me for now. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, all the tools that I learned like in the past that I thought was just like okay whatever I'm just doing this for fun Mm -hmm. it was really for his glory so it's just like okay now that I'm like kind of picking up on what you're doing Mm -hmm. like what is this season for because this is interesting yeah like what's what's happening yeah Yeah. I remember when you first started working at Chase and you were taking a lot of HR classes and stuff and how you were able to apply that directly to your staff coordinator role at Reset and just talking about customer service and I just, but I love that. I love that going back to what we were saying earlier, that God is not confined to a box and we think, okay, Lord, I can only use this for experience for this. And I love that he's giving you the wisdom to say, God, how is this preparing me for something else? Because sometimes, and I'm, I'm speaking directly to y'all listeners, sometimes we, we go through experiences and we think it's wasted because we don't understand what it's for. And guys, I don't need you to understand what it's Mm -hmm. for. Just do it. And I'll show you later what it's for. I remember when I quit my job, and I mean, you were around for that. When I quit my job and started working at the Boys and Girls Club, and I was taking, I quit a full-time job to work part-time at the Boys and Girls Club. So I was part-time at my full-time job and part-time at the Boys and Girls Club. And I was thinking to myself, God, what? Like, why am I here? And even, even when I left the job, I said, okay, God, what was that for? It wasn't like I got an immediate revelation. Right. But now... These years later, where we have the nonprofit Unity Queens and we're building our curriculum, I'm like, oh, I was learning those skills back when I was working with people at the Boys and Girls Club. But you couldn't have told me then that that's what that was yeah. for. I, I didn't understand. It. I couldn't see it. Yeah. So it just goes back to that obedience. Guys, I just need you to move. I'll yeah. show you the why later. Just move. It's how do you feel like faith plays a day-to-day role in reset life? It affects, like, my decisions affects everybody else. So it's a ripple effect. That was a deeper reset. Um, <laughs> but if I don't do what God tells me to do, somebody else is going to miss what's supposed to happen for them. I care so much more about other people than myself. And sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. Like we talked about this before. But when it comes to reset, like that is, I'm not going to cry. I'm a G. Uh, but like that's just, that's my baby. And when I see those teenagers and those kids, like I will throw everything else. Mm-hmm. on the side to mm-hmm. make sure those kids like know that Jesus Christ mm-hmm. loves them to know that that God like that he like he loves them so much not not like your parents may love you not like what you may have heard like but he he knows who you are he knows mm-hmm. that he created you like to be a royal priesthood to be a change mm-hmm. in this generation to break generational curses and 
Like these kids, they don't know it. And I feel like if my lack of faith and my disobedience affects their like freedom, mm-hmm. that's a problem for me. So like, cause I want these kids to be free cause mm-hmm. I've experienced freedom and I wish I was free mm-hmm. when I was their age. So if they have an opportunity to be free now and do what God has called them to do now and mm-hmm. not go through so many failures that I went through and experience that heartache, I'll give up a lot. Mm-hmm. Like almost every, I ain't gonna say everything cause I ain't like the Lord know my heart. I ain't gonna really mean everything, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> I would give up a lot. To make sure that they get that. And that requires faith. Like, it requires a lot. Because, like, even when I started Reset, my parents, like, they were like, I remember my mom, because I got, I started working at Chase the same year we went uh, to Reset that first year. My mom was like, uh, when I got the job, she was like, well, you know, you can't go to Reset because it's the 90-day period. You're not going to be able to get off from work. And I started freaking out. I was just like, like, this is crazy. Like, the Lord called me to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, why would he, like, bless me the job? Like, I have to choose. But, in God's perfect will, like, I was able to get those days off because Chase is an amazing company. Like, they give you those vacation times, like, immediately as you start. So, I was able to choose those days and nobody had, because, and then I was last in the bunch because I was a new hire. So, I was like, Lord, if somebody else has this week off, mm-hmm. I'm done. But it was, he aligned it so, and I think it's because of my obedience mm-hmm in the past so I just think I think of everybody else when it comes like if I have to like be obedient because I don't want nobody else to miss out on what they should have because of my fear or because of what I think others gonna think of me when these babies get to know Jesus yeah so yeah that was something God was talking to me about this week with my quiet time it's just our purpose is so much bigger than us. Yeah. And, if, and we don't realize if we refuse to be obedient, there's whole nations that will be affected. That might even be my quiet time this morning. And I think about Joshua and how him and Caleb went into the promised land and scouted it out. And they said, yeah, we could take them. And everybody else said no. And okay, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who got to go into the promised land. But if they had said, if they had decided, okay, we know that we can take them, but everyone else is saying we can't. So we're going to be quiet too. Then they, not only do they not get to the promised land, the Israelites don't get to the promised land. So that means everybody dies in the wilderness, which means that we don't get to know Jesus. Exactly. And I, I think if we would think about faith that big of how does how do the decisions I make today impact yeah. generations, I think more of us would be sold out for Christ yeah. and be excited to do what it is that he's called us to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So I said we talk about faith, but we also talk about friendships. How do you feel like friendships have played a role in you walking in your purpose? Oh, my, I have like a really amazing circle. Um, so like there's definitely Brie. Brie has really helped. She Brie is like a really good accountability partner. Like she gon she gonna give you that accountability that you didn't ask Probably for, but want. that you <laughs> but that you need. Like she's she's that friend. Um and then definitely my best friend Lilla. I think she has played the biggest role in my uh in my like just growth. Cause she's seen it firsthand and she has helped me again, I'm not gonna cry. Uh, she just really helped me dis- help me discover who I am in Christ because we've had like heart to heart conversations that I've never had with anybody like and just having that freedom to be vulnerable and to be honest in a space that you're comfortable 
is something I have never experienced in a previous friendship before. Um, she has helped me grow up in a sense. Like she's helped me realize who I am even when others said I was something different. Helping me look at myself in the mirror different. Like from image, even like from the outside to the inside. Uh, helping me like had this courage because like when I first started youth ministry I was afraid to pray out loud like I didn't I didn't want to pray out loud because I didn't I didn't know what to do and I met Lilla in the mind ministry at Franklin I had no clue that this girl was gonna be my best friend uh to this day and that her baby would be my godson Lilla has like she taught me how to wear makeup like she taught me how to like wear clothes that could flatter my body. Like, she taught me how to love myself. She taught me how to not let dudes, like, use me and, like, just kind of just be available for dudes and they're not available for me. Like, she just, like, really helped me, like, life-wise and even, like, biblically. Like, she taught me, like, how to read the word. Like, she, like, straight up told me, like, she, it, <laughs> Lilla is, like, that raw friend. She like, is. She's Lilla very is straight, raw, everyone. straight <laughs> truth. Like, she straight up told me, like, if you can read this, you better read your Bible. Like, mm-hmm. straight up. I was like, Was oh. it, like, Fifty Shades of Grey yes, or something? Yes, it was Fifty Shades of Grey, y'all. Transparent. <laughs> I read the whole trilogy within a weekend. Uh, this is, like, again, this is early in my face. Uh, and I did not, I would tell her, the Bible boring. I don't want to read the Bible. And she lit me up. She was like, if you can read that in a weekend, you can read God's Word. Don't you know the fruit? Like, da, 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 da. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> And I like, but I started reading God's word. She taught me how to like, she gave me that desire, like to hear how she would speak about God, to hear how she would deliver like our lessons and how passionate she was. It made me want to know more about this God that I serve. It made me want to know more like, like she got access to this so I can have access to it too. So our conversations would be about God just for hours talking about God and different stuff. Like, my friend had the faith. Now, you talk about faith. Lilla had faith that she could move a target. Now, the target moved, I don't know, because <laughs> she was in Atlanta at the time and I was in New Orleans. But, like, she, like, that is one friend, she, sister, that I can say, like, she ain't going nowhere. Like, she just, I tell her all the time, girl, we've reached a level well, you just can't go. You know too much. So <laughs> I have to, if you leave, I have if to you kill leave, you. like you just know too much. So you you just can't go. But she has become a part of my family. She has just she has been a tremendous, like just an amazing asset to my life. I can't like I don't know if the Lord did not allow Lois to be in my life, I would not be anywhere I am today. I wouldn't be able. I wouldn't be at Chase because Lois. Like, at the time when we said French, I applied. I was looking for jobs. I applied to be, like, a manager at Taco Bell or something. And she, like, said, she's like, friend, you are more than just trying to be a manager at a Taco Bell. Like, there's more for you. Like, like she like she saw my potential, and I didn't see it. Like, I was just trying to settle, and she was just like, you can do more than this. And so, like, I wouldn't be where I am at Reset. I wouldn't be where I am at Chase. I wouldn't be the woman I am. Like, she played a huge role in my life. And she's not, I'm mushy, and she's not. So she doesn't give me opportunities to say it. So I hope she's listening. Mm-hmm. So she'll hear it. And she better save it as her ringtone. She's going to cry when she hears that, though. <laughs> <sighs> that just made my heart smile. Um, honestly, when you were talking, it just made me think about discipleship. Yeah. And this isn't normally an up-close and purposeful question, but... 
it seems like she, we talk about, and I was listening to a podcast this morning and talking about evangelism. So many times we think we have to go out into the world and say, hey, serve the Lord. But I feel like she discipled you and just doing life with you. And as you saw her doing different things, you were like, oh, okay. Oh, is that how you do that? Like, okay, she does it, she does it this way. And then, I don't know, somewhere along the lines, it transformed from discipleship to know this is my sister in Christ. Yeah. So I don't. That wasn't even a question, really, but <laughs> just an observation, I guess. Yeah, and it like it trickles on because then like the baton is like passed to me. So like mm-hmm. I have my babies I'm discipling. Mm-hmm. So I have like my Gabby, and there's China and mm-hmm. Tiana and Cynthia, and there's other like friends that like we're just. It's just it's like a never ending cycle, mm-hmm. and I like try to tell them like this, like you have to do this to someone mm-hmm. else too. So like you have to be. A good example like you just like you're coming to me somebody's going to come to you yeah. and just knowing like it doesn't stop here and it shouldn't stop here like yeah. we should we should all be fruitful and i think even when you just said about being fruitful um and i guess this is the holy spirit but i think there are people probably listening and you may have the desire to be a mom and you feel like you're not being fruitful you're not multiplying and and even for you though, it's like, I know I know you want to be a mom one day, but you are being fruitful and you are multiplying in the season that you're in. And, and and I know how intentional you are about the relationships that you have. So when I always talk about how Allie is with my son, about to be sons, I know I have two, but she's only <laughs> met one of them. So how she is with Jaden, and I'm just always amazed. Like if you love him this much, and he didn't, he not even like didn't even come through your womb. How are you gonna be with this baby that you actually birthed? Like, okay, Jaden, get your time in, get your time in. <laughs> but it just takes that intentionality, right? And yeah. and I think you're being faithful over those few things. And so I feel like God will make you ruler over many things. Mm-hmm. And and you're gonna have a fantastic family. And you're you the the house you talk about having in the big backyard and all that, like you've stewarded over what you have well and i know that god's gonna bless that uh so what does it mean to you to be a black girl with purpose Ooh, it means a lot i feel empowered Mm -hmm. like i'm a black girl with purpose Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um it's just like one i just i love it's gonna sound crazy but i don't care i love being black me too (laughs) like i just love being black i love my hair Mm -hmm. i love my skin I love my melanin. It's just I like love our music. Love my music. I love my culture. I did my DNA. Um, I'm from Benin, you hear me? I haven't been there yet, but I'm coming. Okay, Africa. Uh, it's just like it just gives me this sense of like empowerment and knowing that like is something greater yeah. in me, being able to trace back. And I think just culturally, like knowing that. I'm a part of something that they've tried to tear down historically and I'm still here. Yeah. It just gives me this extra um, like yeah. try me. Yeah. And then I'm a child of the king. You really done messed yeah. up now. Yeah. Uh, so like it just gives me that extra um. But then like knowing that I have purpose, my I, I've learned that my purpose is founded in Christ. Mm-hmm. And once I realize my foundation is on Christ, I like I know the possibilities are limitless. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would be like somebody that's interviewed on a podcast or whatever. Because <laughs> I just, I never saw myself like as that. I just saw myself as, you know, like the fun, happy go lucky gal or whatever. But I see purpose in everything that I do. Like, I realize that the Lord has given me my personality for His purpose. So people, because people have bad days and 
I don't have that many bad days. Praise I try. God. I try not to. And if I do, I go in my little corner, and but I'm going to come back out yeah. smiling or whatever yeah. because there's too much happening. So knowing that my purpose is to bring that joy mm-hmm. to somebody else's life or just to help them take a load off and just, just be that helper that they need. Mm-hmm. I love being a black girl with purpose. What would you say to someone listening who says, okay, Ali, I love what you said. Yes, you know, purpose and black girl magic. I, I feel black girl magic, but I don't feel any purpose. Where would you tell them to turn to find their purpose? Sis, friend, brother, whomever, read your Bible. Amen. Uh, <laughs> as my uh, friend Pastor Stephen would say. But honestly, like, you can listen to all the sermons. You can hear all the encouraging words. You can hear the podcast. You can listen to this. You can listen to me. You can listen to Bree. You can listen to whatever. But until you listen to the Holy Spirit, you will never, for real, know your purpose. And I'm saying that from, like, myself. Like, I talk about my friend Lilla and even other people. Like, I've be transparent. Like, I posted pictures on Instagram and stuff. And people comment, oh, you're so pretty. Such as, like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Like, I don't know what they see or people telling me I look cute when I feel like I don't. Like, it's just, but like when I found out who I was at Christ, it, I appreciate the comments, but they really don't matter anymore. Like, they're nice, don't get me wrong, we all like them, but they're not like my soul, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they're not like the, you're not needing them for value. Yeah, there you go. Like, they're not the thing that's going to keep me going anymore. The thing that keeps me going is the Holy Spirit and his word. And to know that, like, the Bible is God and it's straight from him, like, and you can't get any closer than that. Like, you yeah. get to see, see his words and what he really says about you. Yeah. There's nothing better than knowing what somebody said directly to you about you by going to the source. I was yeah. just telling Bree, I'm one, I'm going to the source. And God is the source. So, yes, read your Bible. The Holy Spirit will reveal your purpose because we all have a different purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can't do your purpose and you can't do mine. Yeah. So... So yeah, I love. Speaking of the Bible, what are your go-to scriptures when you need encouragement or when you need to remind yourself of who you are in God? Matthew six thirty-three: Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That's that's always my go-to because I feel like I'm quick to look every everywhere else, and even like like I was saying before, it, it's not even like bad stuff. I'm like, oh, let me go listen to this uh, sermon series at my guitar because I know the Lord going to use him to speak to me. Or like, oh, let me call my friend because I know the Lord going to use her. Like, no, I need to seek him first mm-hmm. and then everything else will fall into place. Because when I like, and even the craziest, like when I go to God first, I may feel like, feel like, oh, or like I'll go to God and then like real call. And so like, he like, he like, okay, you need to talk to Brie. I'm like, I'll go to God and then I'll go by my business and then somebody come sit at my desk and basically read me my rights mm-hmm. and tell me what I need to hear about something. Mm-hmm. So like, is he will use people mm-hmm. or he'll like show you a verse or like give you this calming spirit or whatever. But like, I just always have to, when I see him first, things are just better for me. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I love that you, this is not to say he's not going to use other things, other people, he spoke to me through movies and everything else. Yes. But when you seek him first, then everything else is just a confirmation. Exactly. And I love what you said, too, about not even going to sermons sometimes. I've honestly been on a kind of like a sermon fast, I would say, since the end of last year. Because God said I was actually on a I have a wise prayer line that I do every week. And 
I was on the prayer line. God said, you quoting Mike Todd more than you quoting me. Like, mm-hmm. hmm, this don't work. I said, oh, God, no, no, no. I don't want, no, sorry. I, I don't get this twisted. I know anything that he's saying, he's getting from you. So let me cut out the middleman. Yeah. And, and that's where I've been for months now. Uh, and, and I'll listen to something if God puts it on my heart. Or if I'm if I'm seeing it on Instagram and somebody sends it to me, I'm like, okay, maybe I need to listen to this. But I've been really intentional about seeking his word first because it is easy to to get caught up in even good things and good things can be yeah. idols as well yeah i think that's what we have to remember so uh, reset will actually be done by the time that this <laughs> is so that's probably crazy to that think about is. um but i know that even though y'all have the camp during the summer y'all are, are trying to build some other things so how can our black girls of purpose podcast listeners best support the work that you're doing oh yes so you can visit reset camps that's campsthes.org. Um, and there we have a donate page. You can see what we do um, as far as staff live, what we do with the students. Uh, we do sponsorships. If you want to sponsor a kid to come to camp, we have our It Takes a Village sponsorship. Uh, if you want to donate and become a donor, we have like different tiers so you can see where your uh, funds are going. Um, and to get our main thing is to get staff there because we have staff come from like all over the country and they just come with a heart to serve uh they really do they really don't look for anything in return and that's one of the beautiful things of our reset as well but it costs to get them to camp um so that's one of our most costly things but if you're looking to donate you could definitely donate through resetcamps.org also like we always need supplies and stuff so if there's like even if you can't get monetary um you could there's a little comment box on the website you can say like hey i would like to donate like some type of material i asked for a materialist like that'll help like we're like i don't say we're not picky but we know what we need so we're, we need we need some things they need supplies they need like resources for the kids like and there's always everything will help and benefit a student and their leader. So yeah. And then y'all have merchandise too, right? Is there merchandise? Yes, on the there is a store on the website. If you want some of our reset merch and uh, to represent, you can visit that and you can purchase that. And again, all those proceeds go to the camp. Uh, is there any last encouraging word that you'd like to share with our listeners? Anything that you're like, oh man, I really wish Bree had asked me this because I want to say this, or um, I don't know. I guess I'll say what I would say to myself. Uh, keep on praying, keep on pushing. Uh, it's it'll be over soon. I think that's I think well that's what I've been dealing with. That like you know like when you go through stuff, you feel like well this ever end. It will because at the end, if if we believe and we know in Jesus Christ, this is not our eternity, that we're working for something bigger and better. And then also, if you don't know Christ, um, know that Jesus loves you. He died for you. He, He came down here to earth just for you. He knows you by name. He knows who you are. He knows your date of birth. He knows the amount of hairs on your head and he died for you so that he can have eternity uh, with you. And so, you know, accept him and he'll enter your life and change it because I'm living proof of it. 